Hello and welcome to another episode of The Coder Career with me, Cameron Blackwood. Today's guest is Vincent Fong. Vincent's a highly experienced developer. He currently works at Lyft, focusing on iOS development, but also as well hosts a group of developers called Code with Vincent, where you can work with him for support and guidance on your journey to learn to code and break into the industry. Vincent joins me today to discuss a variety of topics, including the culture differences uh, between North America and the UK, why he prefers mobile development to other types of development, and how he got started in tech. Myself and Vincent actually connected over TikTok, so do please follow us both on there. You can find a link to that in the description. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, Vincent. Thanks so much for joining me today. How are you doing? Hey, hey, I'm good. How are you, Cameron? Yeah, not bad. Thanks. Not bad. Uh, just saying um, offline um, how chilly I am, but I think that's basically been the standard intro uh, for the last two or three months, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm good. Other than that, I'm good. Uh, so for the audience who may not be familiar with you, do you want to give a bit of a rundown about who you are and what, what you do? Yeah, cool. So I started learning. Um, so I, I started programming uh, seven years ago, back in 2014. I went to the University of Waterloo, where I didn't get into computer science at first, but later on, I transferred into the program. Um, and at that program, I got to do six total internships where I got to gain some work experience and also some money to help me pay for tuition. And now I'm basically working full time at a company called Lyft. Um, and, and yeah, I basically just do a full time iOS development. Very nice. Very cool. Uh, so, sounds good. And the way uh, we usually w- uh, warm things up on the Coda career uh, is to go through some quick fire questions, if that sounds good. I've got those uh, in front of me now, if you're uh, if you're ready for those. Um, yeah, uh, go for it. <laughs> first one is always an interesting one. Uh, what was your first ever computer? My first ever computer? Um, it was probably like some Windows machine that my parents bought me uh, back in the day. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't the best, but it was good enough to run some uh, some simple like MMO games like MapleStory. Nice, uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, MMO games back in uh, back in the sort of late late noughties, uh, Those were a lot of fun. Like um, yeah, and especially if it's browser based as well. Some of the really uh-huh. like low spec ones, you could run those run those on anything. If you could run it at school, that was the way forward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. And um, you're you're obviously, I think you're the first guest I've had in Canada, actually. So this might be an interesting answer mm. uh, about where 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 this is. What what's your favorite tech city in the world? My favorite tech city, um, definitely. Like I I think New York is definitely a fun scene to be in because uh, not everyone there is in tech, so you you have a variety of different people in different sectors. So that's nice. Uh, I worked in California before where. Basically, like everyone there is in tech. So just imagine going to a restaurant and you're just trying to have like a, a chill day. And literally almost everyone there is probably going to be talking about some tech stack or something. Um, and if you're taking the train, like almost everyone is going to be wearing like a Patagonia and maybe like some company swag. Uh, so, yeah, definitely. Uh, I like New York a lot. Yeah, I've heard really good things. It's kind of like uh, I, I worked in London for um, a few years and I, I lived there for ooh, like 15, 20 years. And it's it's kind of similar where you get that nice mix of uh, people that are engineers, but then, you know, people in finance, property, mm. uh, everything, um, everything across that spectrum. So, yeah, I quite, I quite like that. Where, where's, uh, where's most of the tech scene in New York? Is it all in Manhattan or is it in Brooklyn or somewhere? Yeah, so like uh, a lot of like the, the big companies are in uh, Manhattan mostly, like central Manhattan. And then there, there are a few companies as well in Brooklyn. Um, and yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, because I, 
Um, over here in, in the UK and Europe generally, uh, we obviously always hear about Silicon Valley. But um, yeah, we don't actually hear that much about New York in terms of tech, but obviously it is a huge tech city. So it's a, yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah, it's definitely growing like very quickly as well. Mm. Um, when you are getting down to some iOS development or just work generally, uh, what kind of music do you like to listen to? Uh, for me, like I generally like like a uh, blank noise, like white noise. Like I don't really yeah. listen to music when I work because it kind of distracts me. Uh, but usually when I study, like I, I think like a, a good lo-fi is good for me. Like I really like those beats; they they get me going and keeps me like concentrated and focused. Mm, for sure. Have you uh, used that radio one on YouTube where they're just constantly live streaming the uh, the lo-fi beats twenty four seven? Yeah, yeah, I watched that one. It's pretty good. Uh, there's that like uh, the lo-fi girl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, the one where she's studying and like there's a cat there. Um, that that's yeah. always playing good music. Uh, I think I ripped like a load of songs from Spotify playlists into one big playlist of lo-fi. It's got like six thousand uh songs in, so I haven't got <laughs> sick of that one yet. Um, nice. Yeah, just for just for coding, because yeah, I'm the same. If if something's too, you know, lyrically complex or something like that, then it's just yeah. I find it a struggle to concentrate, especially if you're learning something new. Like it's yeah. just, yeah, you got to keep focus. Um, and podcasts um, are an absolute no-go, uh, unless it's the code of career, of course. Like if you're listening to code <laughs> podcasts, do that anytime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, when you do code, are you early bird or night owl? Uh, to be honest, like, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I guess for me, it's hard for me to focus sometimes. So sometimes you'll see me coding like right in the morning or sometimes like I'll be coding at night. Uh, but I, I think like I generally like doing it during the day so that I could like do my own thing during the night. Uh, but usually like at nighttime, that's when I get more creative uh, mm. and I kind of work on like side projects and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It's definitely the night owls are definitely winning out of uh, the developers that have been on here so far. I think it's like 80% night owl, 20% <laughs> early bird. And um, before, before the days of engineering, and obviously you mentioned computer science and uh, computer science wasn't originally what you went into in university. Um, mm -hmm. When, when you're a kid in school, what, what did you want to be? Uh, when I was a kid, um, uh, to be honest, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Like I had uh, so many different hobbies and different things that I wanted to do. Like, for example, like I, I picked up barbering. So I, I would like cut my friends here and, and I thought that was fun. Uh, I also like enjoy cooking, but uh, I, I couldn't never like get a like like a part time job at a restaurant. Like it was so hard because I didn't have the experience mm -hmm. and no one wanted to hire me. So uh, and, and then, yeah, like uh, when I applied for university, like the main reason why I got into computer science was because like I had an older sibling that went to the University of Waterloo and she recommended that, you know, I, I go study like computer science or just learn how to code because, like, you know, I, I love playing video games. And back then I used to play League of Legends, which mm. used to be like, I don't know, it's still very popular today, but I was playing since like season one. So like I, I was like very old school. Uh, but yeah, I really like that game. And then uh, my sister recommended, you know, I learned to code so I could, you know, potentially work for Riot Games or something like that. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, my high school marks weren't high enough to get into uh, the computer science program at the University of Waterloo. So I got deferred to an alternative program called Geomatics, which is more like map GIS based um, with a little bit of programming. Uh, so I, I just went into the school because uh, it has a big name and there's also like co-op involved, uh, which definitely helped a lot. And then later on, I just transferred into computer science. Okay, nice. Yeah, um, Waterloo is famous even even here. Like people talk about what a good university it is for computer science and oh, yeah. um, technical <laughs> degrees. Yeah, I, we we have heard one thing that like one thing I've heard on the grapevine is I don't know if it's exaggerated. You know how it's got across the Atlantic, but uh -huh. apparently the geese are brutal and will attack you and stuff around campus. Is that true? 
Yeah, so the thing about geese is, well, especially like in Waterloo, uh, there there's like a lot of them. And then uh, usually, uh, I guess during orientation time, like that, that's like during mating season. So that's when they're like extra aggressive. <laughs> like sometimes like uh, there's moments where like you're inside a building and you need to exit. Uh, at the door, there's like a geese like sitting outside, you know, and if you try to open the door, it'll start hissing at you and like chasing you. So, so yeah, you'll definitely see like a, a lot of kids like running away from geese and stuff. <laughs> yeah same thing in um here in the coast of scotland i live in edinburgh and um the seagulls here are brutal like they uh <laughs> yeah they they swoop at you like uh when my parents have walked the dogs and they're, they're not small dogs they're border collies so they're like uh-huh. you know medium-sized dogs the seagulls will swoop at them and yeah birds are yeah birds are crazy <laughs> no matter where you are in the world um and we, we kind of touched on this a little bit already about how you got inspired um to get into technology and um, I think because uh, we actually connected over TikTok, didn't we? My, my first TikTok that I saw oh, yeah. of yours was about how you got into League of Legends and that's what inspired you because you wanted to work at Riot. So do you want to kind of tell us a little bit more about um, that journey from the light bulb moment of, ah, oh, I can work at Riot to the point where you are now working at a really renowned company? Yeah, like to be honest, like uh, in high school, I kind of lived under a rock because all I all I did was like literally once the bell rang, I would rush to the bus take the first bus home and then log on to League of Legends and Skype <laughs> and start playing the game. So I, I didn't really think about career or anything like that. Uh, and to be honest, like I was pretty stupid back then. No, no offense. Like, uh, like I, I didn't even know that Facebook and Google were actually companies. You know, I, I thought they're just these websites that I just go on and I don't know, like search stuff or interact with friends. Like I didn't know like people get paid to work on these. So it was kind of a, a, a switch when I entered university where I started seeing all these people, you know, working at all these big tech companies and getting these internships. So that kind of inspired me. Um, so, so the cool thing with a co-op program was, you know, I was able to try like many different. Uh, yeah, so I was able to try many different jobs where, you know, I did a bit of front end, some back end, some full stack. And then I also did some mobile development. I also did a uh, game development at this small shop where there was like three people in total, like the CEO, CTO and the artist, uh, which is awesome because I got to build like a game from scratch. Uh, so in my final year of university, I, I did apply for Riot Games, but at that point, uh, I pretty much quit League of Legends so that I could focus on school um, because like my, my marks were dropping and I was trying to like uh, prep for interviews at the same time. Uh, and apparently, like I, I heard, like uh, in order to get an interview with Riot, you have to have like an active match history. So my match history was pretty empty for like a, a few years. So I pretty much, I guess, I didn't get the interview. But either way, like like things still ended up like really well. Like I still got to learn to code. And I was able to, you know, uh, land a lot of internships and get a lot of like experience, which helped me land my job at Lyft. Oh, nice. I can't imagine, ima- imagine being an amazing programmer um, and then getting rejected from Riot because uh, you weren't good enough at League. That uh, That is a crazy prospect to me. Like if someone went into an interview and they, they just looked at your match history and it was trash and they were just like, yeah, no, it, they may be an amazing coder, but... <laughs> um, yeah, but... I, I think like uh, it's also culture fit, right? Like if, if you yeah. want to apply for the game and you don't want to play it, it's like, why would we even hire you, right? I just have this great image of like, uh, you know, you get, you've done your coding test, you've done amazing, uh, you, you know, aced all the leak code hards or whatever, and you just get a message back, just get good. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, I, I, this is an interesting one because I actually haven't had a specific uh, mobile developer on the show before. And Mm. a lot of people that have contacted me and said, you know, I want to get into tech, um, specifically mobile. I can't really advise them too much because I'm more of a web guy. Um, For you, what what does a typical day look like uh, building building iOS products? 
Uh, yeah, so building iOS products, like I, I say like, like it's not that much difference from doing uh, web development stuff. Uh, whereas, you know, instead of doing like, you know, JavaScript and stuff, I'm mostly working in Swift. So yeah, I work on iOS apps. Uh, so like a typical day, like it's, it's very normal. Like, you know, just go on, check emails, check Slack, uh, see what's going on and then spend some time coding and then some time in meetings. Um, and yeah, like I, I don't really think there's much difference in, to be honest. Yeah, fair enough. And do, do you think that uh, it would be worthwhile people learning like um, cross-platform uh, frameworks like React Native and that kind of thing and, and Flutter? Uh, or should they spe- um, should they specialize in Android via Kotlin or something and iOS via Swift? Yeah, like uh, definitely like go ahead. Uh, it depends, right? Uh, if you want to get like a quick MVP out with like users in iOS and Android, like definitely do React Native. It kind of just depends on how many people you have and how much time. Uh, in my experience, I've used React Native before, and I had a, like a, a lot of difficulties, like trying to like use some like libraries and stuff like that. For example, like I was trying to use uh, Stripe for payments, and then uh, basically I, I ran into like so many errors because the library was outdated, and they weren't really like updating that that module. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, I suppose the higher your SLA, kind of so to speak the more important it is that you have a specific app uh, that's maintained um, for for each platform. I, I guess that, that, that seems pretty logical. That, that makes sense. And um, you, you mentioned you've done some web dev and uh, various areas and obviously the mobile development mainly now. Um, how would you say in your career so far, you've been able to effectively upskill? Um, so, cause I mean, you've been working professionally for a few years now. Um, is that right? Yeah. Almost like two and a half years. And throughout throughout that time, um, obviously you've progressed quite a bit. And uh, for the for the upskilling side of things, are there any tips and lessons you've learned that you could that you would say you could pass on to uh, people that are also trying to kind of get on that same trajectory? Yeah, definitely. Like uh, in terms of like learning, uh, definitely like uh, write a lot of code, like do a lot of projects. Because honestly, like the best way to learn is just doing. Um, so that that's another reason why I like this field. Uh, like I, I'm pretty bad at memorizing things. Like I'm, I very, I'm very, like I'm much better at like uh, applying my knowledge. Uh, so it's very helpful when I'm doing a project. Like I kind of learn something new every time. Like whether it's how to build like a, a different website or a different stack or just a different architecture, just try it out. Uh, definitely in terms of coding as well. Like it's very good to like read documentation, uh, especially like uh, for iOS development. Like you can just go on like the Apple website and download a sample project, and from there you can just go through their code and see how like the professionals do it. And by, by you mimicking that, it also helps you code better and also like architect your apps better. Um, and also if you have time, like feel free to like read company blogs because usually they, they share their secrets um, and they're like very helpful, especially if you want to learn more about like architecting and any other stuff about the company. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a real hidden gem uh, looking at company company docs because people want to show off. And I guess that's a lot of the time the beauty of open source is people want to uh, be able to uh, show off what they've been doing. And if you're learning, then that's a great resource. And also as well, especially if it's a company that you're interested in working in in the future, uh, it's a fantastic thing to bring up in an interview saying, you know, mm-hmm. I, I love this in your docs and I was able to build uh, this app um, using the tips you gave me here. It's a really good strategy to be able to use. It's a huge win-win. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and um, you you've uh, you mentioned kind of the move fast uh, and break things kind of mentality, build a lot of stuff, and I, I totally agree with that. And that uh, makes me think about when I was looking at your profile before the show, uh, I, I noticed you've been an entrepreneur basically straight out of university. Uh, how was that experience? What did you learn from that? 
Yeah, like definitely. Like, uh, so I, I did a lot of my mo- most of my internships were from startups to begin with. Uh, so I got to wear min- many different hats and got to try different things. So before I graduated university, I wanted to, you know, like kind of test out my skills and see what if I could, you know, build my own company or something. So uh, in my final year of university, I built this app called Scoop with like two other friends. Uh, we basically use React Native because we had to iterate fast for both yeah. platforms. Uh, so de- definitely like uh, the thing is like when you're when you're trying to build something, like it's good to like put something like an MVP out there as fast as possible. So that way you can get people to use your app and get feedback as soon as possible. Uh, because they, like I, I see a lot of people develop, sorry, I see a lot of people build projects and then they don't even like uh, put it out there for other people to use. So you're never really getting the feedback or it, like you never know if your, your thing is good or not, right? Um, and definitely by getting feedback, you're able to iterate on it and make it better. Uh, so I was able to like work with different like restaurant owners and stuff like that and get to see um, how they're using my app. Like I, I would like sit at the restaurant and watch them use the app I built and then kind of see how like people interact with it. And then from there, I'm able to, you know, uh, think of like a better design or something like that to improve the application. Because in the end, uh, it's not all about the coding. It's also about the UX and the UI and the whole journey of the user, right? Like how they interact with it. Like that that's what makes uh, like a, like that's what differentiates a, a an Sorry, that's what this, that's what differentiates a good app and a very, very, very good app. Yeah, that 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 makes sense. And what what uh, point did you hit where you decided, yeah, I'm going to try and really make a run uh, run for this with, with your company? Was there was there a particular um, inspiration for that? Like a lot of the time, people don't know when they really want to kick on with a side project. Like I, I have something related to that with Code of Career. Like it's not just a podcast and you know content. Uh, farm so to speak it's uh, in the long run it's going to be a, a way for people to find um good opportunities like jobs in in tech but uh i sat around on the idea for over a year before even actioning it what what point did you get to where you decided you were just going to action it and build it fast because it wasn't like you were very experienced when you did it yeah like definitely like uh for me uh like i, I just wanted to do something right like i i don't know sometimes you just realize you know <laughs> you're getting old and then time is running out well time isn't really running out but you get the point like you know I, i'm trying to live my life differently where i'm just trying to you know pursue things do things differently like for example that's why i'm doing this podcast even though i've never been on a podcast like i just want to expand my knowledge and try different things and basically just not regret anything right because you never know man things uh you, you can do something and it will like pop off one day you never know so yeah yeah, absolutely. And there's really no downsides to, as a, as a coder, there's literally no downside to trying to set up uh, a company, especially if you're like straight out of university or even still in university, because, you know, if you win, you win big. And yeah. if you, if it doesn't, if it doesn't pan out, then you get the amazing experience of really building something. It's probably the best thing you can see on a CV. Like when I was a technical recruiter, which is obviously mm-hmm. what I did before retraining, um, it was like the best thing to see on a junior candidate CV if they, uh, you know, come out of a CS program or something. Um, if they'd been an entrepreneur, like it, it doesn't get any better than that because the problems you face, and you've already described that working with the restaurant owners directly uh, and and that sort of thing, the the challenges you get from that and the lessons you learn are totally invaluable. You're never going to get that as great as it is to be a, uh, a Fang engineer, or I guess Mang is just supposed to call them now, <laughs> name change. Um, as, as great as that is, and don't get me wrong, like people should do it if they get in. Um, it, it almost is better to actually go and do it, do it yourself, I think, really. Yeah, like definitely like a high. 
like that the thing is when you're working in a company uh you're kind of like siloed away from like the customers unless if you're working in a more like customer facing role like in the end you'll, you'll be you know building the product or the feature and then there's like another person like either the pm or someone else in the company who will be working directly with the customer so you kind of lose that touch where you get to engage with your customers and kind of see what they're doing um and how they're using your app so you kind of miss out on those yeah even for me at the moment i have like two layers um between me and uh, me and the end customer and um, mm-hmm. i don't even work in for that big of a company like we're publicly traded but like we're not uh we're probably like the sixth or seventh biggest roughly uh real estate um company in the uk and mm-hmm. uh yeah it, it's it's once you get up to the huge big tech companies then you're layers and layers away so it, yeah. it gets harder to see the big picture sometimes yeah exactly yeah and um what what's the tech culture like uh, between the US and Canada and also as well, uh, because you mentioned New York, I, I know I didn't put this in, in the show notes, but um, East Coast and West Coast as well. I'm really curious about that. Yeah, like uh, in terms of culture, like Canada and US, like I, I'd say it's like very similar. Like I didn't really see much of a difference. Like uh, in the end, like most of these companies, they have like uh, other offices in Canada and some in the US. So in the end, like the culture is kind of the same uh, in terms of like working like East Coast hours and West Coast hours sorry, East Coast hours and West Coast hours. Uh, there's, I, I guess there's some benefits. Like for example, uh, like I can wake up really late and not really miss uh, anything because uh, <laughs> my counterparts aren't awake yet. Uh, but some, sometimes like, you know, sometimes I might work later hours just to kind of take those late later meetings. Uh, but in the end, like I, I don't mind it at all. Like uh, ev- everyone's kind of like respectful in a way where they understand I'm in a different time zone. So they won't really like schedule a lot of meetings like uh, against my work hours. Uh, so I really like that a lot. Mm. Yeah. And um, it, are the stereotypes true about how on the East Coast people are really, uh, it's really work hard, play hard and the West Coast is much more laid back. So that's a stereotype we get over here a lot uh, we hear about. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't think that's true. I'm pretty sure like both parties like, you know, work hard, play hard. <laughs> I, I guess it just depends on what company you work at. Um, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, I struggle to believe that a lot of um, the big California uh, tech companies scaled so rapidly while just, uh, you know, being chilled out. I think people think of the, you know, people are, people are here and you see the, the sky's gray and everything and you think, <laughs> oh, people in California just chilling, just surfing like on the beach all day. Like, how could they get anything done? But, you know, it's no coincidence so many high growth companies have come out of that part of the world for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, it. If someone has decided, like if someone came to you and I guess it's partially gets on to um, what you're doing um, outside of work at the moment. If someone's coming to you and saying, I want to learn to, learn to code, uh, what would you advise them at the moment in 2021 or it might be 2022 by the time this comes out, actually? Yeah, like definitely. Uh, so if someone wants to learn to code, like I'll definitely just tell them to, you know, learn the basics of coding. Like coding is kind of like playing with Legos. Uh, once you it's like everything every new thing you learn is like a new piece of that lego right so if you learn how to do the basics you're gonna have all these basic blocks that you could build a program with and then later on when you learn more complicated things you get these newer pieces it's kind of like an an expansion pack so the more you learn the more expansions you have and then the crazier things you can build right uh so definitely i would recommend learning python first because that's like one of my favorite languages because it reads just like english and you it kind of like when I first started programming or learning to program, like I, I looked at languages like C and C++ and you have all these like scary symbols and stuff. And then when you look at Python, it's like, oh, it's just like English. It's like, uh, so that's why I like it a lot. So definitely learn Python first. And then slowly, uh, once you get more comfortable, learn how to build uh, like websites or something simple like that and expand your knowledge and then start building full stack apps and then continue on and then building projects. And then before you know it, you'll be you know ready for 
for like applying for jobs. It's it's really a cycle where the better you get, the more work you put in, and it really pays off. And I definitely agree with uh, Python. Python's a great place to start. Um, I always say to people, either Python or JavaScript, depending on your priorities, but you can't really mm-hmm. go wrong with either. Um, I think I learned Python before I learned JavaScript. Um, yeah, that's and good. Then I, yeah, I flipped over to JavaScript, and I, oh, I'm so rusty with Python, to be honest. Actually, I need to, I need to, need to give it a look. I've been um, in full stack uh, JavaScript environments for quite a while now, so uh-huh. um, you know, you got to, you got to use it or you lose it, really. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm working on that at the moment. But um, yeah, you can't go wrong with either of those. And uh, would you say for like resources, what, what are the best ways that people can learn to code for free? Uh, to learn to free that, you know, there's honestly so many free websites online, like a uh, free code camp, code Academy, and there's even like Harvard, like Harvard, they offer their whole course for free. Like, I think it's called CS 50. You can probably I like, did Google that. that. It's brutal. That one though, the C module is brutal, but once you pass <laughs> that, it's not too bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, like definitely like, uh, for me, like, uh, so, so yeah, during the pandemic, like when the pandemic started, like, uh, just started, uh, I, I realized like, I, I didn't know what to do with my life. Like I was kind of like empty in a way. And then I wanted to like share back, like, uh, like for me, like I was comfortable at home, like working from home and I was getting an income, whereas I had friends who were kind of laid off and they were just at home, like, I don't know, doing their own things. So I, you know, I kind of recommended, you know, they learn how to code. And then that, that brought the idea of maybe I could mentor people and teach them how to code. So that's when I started like teaching like my friends how to code and like family members how to code just so that they can, you know, like, uh, upscale their life and level up in a way. So that's what I've, I've been doing. And then recently I, I. I don't know. I've always been shy with social media, so I wouldn't like do like TikToks and YouTube. But then uh, my my girlfriend got a cat, and we started making like social media for it. <laughs> and then from there, you know, like I was like, okay, may- maybe like like this is kind of fun. Doing these TikTok trends are kind of fun. So I started making my own TikToks, and then now I'm like, okay, why don't I just make YouTube videos teaching people how to code? So that way, you know, I could reach more people and just you know get more comfortable with like I don't know speaking in front of a camera. Like honestly, that that's like a sub- like a skill that's like really hard. Like even right now, I'm struggling to speak on this podcast. <laughs> Well, you're doing great, um, uh, but yeah, it's definitely it's it's an underappreciated skill being being able to speak uh, uh, on camera for uh, for times at length because it is it is tricky, and I I found that as well. It's partially why I started um, Coda Careers just to get a bit better at presenting ideas and um, giving out sort of quick uh, quick bits of advice. I'm still getting used to TikTok. Uh, mm. I can't can't work it out like I, I don't know if you've been trying to suss out the algorithm as well but i i cannot understand why some of my videos do well and some some don't i've been trying to work out the pattern like my highest effort video is probably the lowest uh, yeah the worst received it's very weird honestly like uh, i i literally made like a like a video in like in less than a minute and then i posted it and somehow that that one got like 400k views like honestly i, I don't even understand this algorithm it's, it's like super weird but i think that that's the thing about tiktok it's like uh you can post something like uh, really stupid and then it can go viral. But then the thing is, if you gain those followers, it's not like they it's, it's not like they're loyal followers where they'll yeah. see your content every day as opposed to like Instagram where, OK, you post something and everyone will kind of see your content. Uh, but then like, I, don't know, I guess the thing I like about TikTok is like discoverability. Like it's so easy for mm-hmm. you to like get views, whereas on Instagram, you post a reel like I literally get like no views at all. So that's why I switched over to TikTok. Yeah, same for me. I think I was getting a bit frustrated with YouTube and stuff and um, I thought I'd give TikTok a go because, you know, I, I feel like the old, I'm 26. And I feel like the oldest person on the app. Like, <laughs> no, no, I'm, you're not. I'm really trying to get it. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I feel, yeah, I, I, I'm still trying to trying to keep up with the trends and stuff. Like, I haven't quite got to the point where I've done a dance on it or anything like that yet. But uh, you never know. If it brings in the views, I'm yeah. ruling nothing out. Um, but yeah, it, it's, a, it's actually it surprised me with how positive it is. Like the, um, the little like code 
kind of community that um, that you end up like Code Talk. Um, everyone is really positive and, and friendly on there. And so if, if you if you're listening right now and you haven't checked checked it out on TikTok, it's definitely worth checking out. And mm. obviously, because you can find both of us on there as well. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, in terms of the uh, project you're working on uh, on at the moment, um, it's it's called Code with Vincent, isn't it? So is yeah. that um, is that like a mentorship program or is it YouTube videos? How, how does that all work? Right. So it just started off as like a mentorship program where I was just basically teaching like friends and family how to code. Uh, it, it first started off like as an MVP, like I didn't know how to, you know, scale it up. So at first we were literally using like a Google Doc and we're just, you know, typing stuff into there and then using like a, a voice chat, like Google Meets. And then later on, like I realized, okay, maybe if I build a website with like, you know, uh, asynchronous code, sorry, asynchronous coding, like Google Doc, it will make it easier. And then you can run code directly and kind of like uh, point out mistakes right away. Like, I think the thing with like uh, coding is like, you want to develop like the good habits right away. Because then uh, if you don't, you're going to keep making the same mistakes and your code will be ugly. So it's, it's kind of good to have like someone watching you over while you're coding just to fix them all up. Um, and then, and yeah, basically from that website, like I started, you know, pu- putting like problems and stuff on there so people can do it. And then it's kind of like a code review with GitHub. Uh, I kind of built like a similar feature where I could review the code and give you comments and stuff like that. So people can learn like super fast. And and now like, I, I guess I started doing YouTube videos on it, you know, talking about like, talking about my coding journey and, you know, like how I got to where I am, like resume advice and all that. And now I'm just doing, you know, like uh, coding tutorial videos as well. Very nice. And if people want to check that out, uh, how, how can they, how can they find you? Yeah. Like uh, on YouTube, you could just search me up uh, code with Vincent and I should probably be the first one that pops up. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully if the SEO is doing its magic, <laughs> hopefully. Um, yeah, that, that sounds great. And I think, I think it is really good to have uh, to have someone. If you're self teaching, it's really good to just have someone mentoring, like just watching your back a little bit and just giving you that little prod. If you get if you get stuck, um, it can be really tough to uh, to to get yourself out of a funk if you're self teaching. Because uh, most of my code that I learned was self teaching, and it, mm-hmm. it can get really disheartening if you're trying to work on something and just doesn't click. And if you just have that person pushing, I can I can really see the value in that. I can see why people. Um, find it really useful yeah like definitely like i recommend if you're uh, starting out learning to code uh, definitely try to find a mentor because with, with a mentor you can learn uh, very quickly and basically they, they can literally like give you a whole roadmap and guide you through it like kind of like a teacher like right behind your back making sure you're always doing the right things and you're not spending like you know a whole day trying to you know find that missing semicolon or something whereas yeah. you know they'll, they'll find it right away and just play like, hey just just remove that line and you're good yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I was lucky enough to be, um, I had a weird setup, actually. So when I, this is a most pointlessly long story, but it's quite, <laughs> uh, I, when I, I, I knew I wanted to quit recruitment. Uh, so I became a contractor doing recruiting uh, on a day rate. And I negotiated a deal with a startup uh, in London. I said, you know, I'll drop my day rate for you um, if you let me uh, code for you 25% of the time and yeah. give me a mentor. Um, so the CTO of the, of the company, which was an AI startup, um, so it's the most overkill situation ever, me trying to learn basic Python. And I have a guy who's got like two PhDs in computer vision uh, and a CTO of an AI <laughs> startup teaching me, uh, teaching me like most basic, uh, basic stuff. But it, it's just so valuable to have someone just looking over and just just helping you and if you're an experienced developer listening uh to the show definitely try and uh try and find a, a mentee because they'll really appreciate it and yeah and what, what languages are you, are you teaching on on your uh on your programs 
Yeah, so uh, I teach Python because, yeah, it's, it's a great language to start mm -hmm. off with. And then later on, I teach HTML, CSS, JavaScript uh, for the web development part. And then after that, we focus on like basically React and like Firebase for backend and stuff like that. Very nice. Yeah. I mean, you can't beat that for a tech stack in, you know, uh, in current year, whether this yeah. comes around 21 or 22, I doubt much has changed uh, in a few weeks. Uh, but yeah, it, it's those skills. There's, there's not much else you need really to, to land a great job um, at, at the moment, like they're, they're number one tools in the industry. Um, but yeah, it's been a real pleasure having you on. And uh, was, there, was there anything else you wanted to shout out as well as, uh, as, as well as Code with Vincent, the program? Um, no, if you, if you like, if you need some, uh, I guess if you need some advice or anything, like feel free to reach out to me. Like I'm always available on TikTok. Uh, you can comment <laughs> on my videos and I could maybe even do a video reply or something like that. But yeah, you know, thanks for having me, Cameron. It was fun. Uh, but yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Likewise. It was really great to have you on and, uh, thank you as well listeners for checking out the code of career. Um, we're doing new video, uh, new videos, new podcasts every week, uh, <laughs> launching on a Monday morning. You can check it out on all major platforms as you know, and please do join our discord server as well. But until then, I hope you have a great week and happy coding. Thank you.